0: Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more, and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence.
1: Welcome to The Baldcast. A production of John Bald Baldface Truth. Back to the bald Face Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game.
0: Well, I put out a poll a little bit ago on the show. I put it out on Twitter, and it's really interesting to kind of look at the results. I'm going to ask our next guest about it, but I asked if you have to vote, you have to vote on one of the coaches that I'm going to mention as the Pac-12 Coach of the Year, who gets your vote today? And the candidates are Lincoln Riley of USC, Dan Lanning at Oregon, Kalen DeBoer at Washington, and Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. Those are the four I picked, and the results are interesting. Maybe it's reflective of the people who follow me on Twitter, but 3,100 people have voted so far in this hour. And Jonathan Smith at Oregon State is leading with 41% of the vote. Kalen DeBoer is second at 26%. Dan Lanning is third at 24%. And Lincoln Riley is only getting 8% of the vote despite having the best record in the pack 12 here to talk about it john wilner bay area news group how are you my friend
1: i'm good i have to say that is not the poll that i would have expected you to put out i would have figured it was thanksgiving side dishes <laughs> i'm
0: i'm not a uh, i'm not an exotic guy on thanksgiving i'm a mashed potatoes stuffing some kind of jello slash cranberry maybe a salad let's keep it simple guy I don't know Are, do you get exotic
1: I do not and I I just stay focused on two or three things and I don't even worry about everything else yeah I everything can me yeah turkey and uh, stuffing and you know we we have um, uh, sweet potato that's it that's all I need like
0: I told Anna, I uh, our big thing is I just like to have lots of turkey leftovers. So I told her, instead of getting like you know a nice sized turkey, get two turkeys. So we're doing two turkeys. Oh yeah, there you go. Got to. Uh, Wilner on that. I'm voting for Deboer. I'm voting for Deboer. Okay, tell me, tell me why Deboer? Um,
1: well, for one thing, I mean, you could certainly make a good case for all of them. Uh, Riley, you know, he's got the best talent, arguably. Uh, Smith has done the most with what he's got, and some of this depends on how you define coach of the year, right? Is it is it record and performance? Is it what you do with what you have? Smith would win almost every year if it's what you do with what you've got. Uh, but I would pick DeBoer. I mean, he beat he beat Smith head-to-head, uh, and I just did not. They were 4-8 last year. To me, you know, six and six, seven and five was probably a, a pretty good projection for the Huskies, and here they are, nine and two. Chance to be ten and two. Chance to get the championship game. I, I, he, to me, is the is the middle ground between, you know, the coach who does the most with what they have, and the coach who's got the best record and results.
0: Is why do you? It surprised me that Lincoln Riley was last and the comments. Well, everybody are, hates USC. Yeah. Do you think it's that simple?
1: I think a lot of it is. Plus, they assume he's got the best players, and and the Big Ten thing, and just everybody hating USC. Do you think? The interesting thing is, you know, they that actually bore out uh, like four, what, five years ago now, twenty seventeen. USC won the conference title, beat Stanford twice, and David Shaw got coach of the year over (laughs) Clay Helton.
0: (laughs) Do you think that? if Lincoln-Riley wins the Pac-12 championship game and makes the playoff, that the coaches in the conference will vote similarly to the players, or uh, excuse me, as, as the fans that are voting in my poll, do you think it will be anybody but Lincoln-Riley for Coach of the Year?
1: Boy. Um, I think if, the, if Washington gets in the championship game, I think that he would have a shot. I don't think that they would pick Lanning over Riley in that case, but maybe DeBoer. Uh, it's tough because, you know, for the coaches it's partly political. They're thinking about recruiting, right? And they don't want to prop up a, a rival coach if they can avoid it. And it gets personal. We saw that with Mario Cristobal a few times. Um, so, you know, that's, that's my guess is if SC's sitting there 12-1, the only guy who could possibly beat him out would be would be DeBoer. But, you know, they may end up picking SC, picking Riley.
0: John Wilner's with us, uh, Bay Area News Group, Pac12Hotline.com, if you'd like to read him. I was talking about David Shaw in the last segment. I want to ask you about some of the coaching vacancies. But let's start with Shaw, who uh, is still at Stanford. Um, it wasn't that long ago, Wilner. that this conference was sort of, uh, you know, lifting up the idea that it was very diverse it it had jimmy lake it had a willie taggart it had uh david shaw and herm edwards and and uh carl Durrell and now i look at this conference and i see a lot of white coaches and david shaw um is it, would there be additional pressure do you think on stanford me to keep shaw because of the diversity angle
1: well, if there is, then it's internal, right? I don't think Stanford's going to be pressure from
0: the conference or the
1: schools on that front. They may feel it internally. Um, but it is interesting how, how things have changed on that front and, and right, I mean ASU and Colorado have vacancies and we don't know who they're gonna hire. But if they do hire white coaches, then Shaw would be the only black coach in football and there are zero in men's basketball and have been zero black coaches in men's basketball for uh, it's either four or five years in a row right now so there definitely is a lack of diversity in those two sports with the head coaches there's no, no doubt
0: about it Colorado there's been some reports about Deion Sanders to Colorado if you're Deion Sanders agent is that a good move for Deion Sanders
1: it is if it bumps up your price for the job you really want Probably that's what, you know, they're using. I don't think Deion Sanders wants to go to Colorado, but he certainly would use it for good with other gigs, whether it's Auburn or something else, right? I mean, that to me, and I'm not sure that's a great fit. You know, uh, Colorado is not an easy job at all, and probably it's because of where it is and the lack of in-state talent. It's a two-hour flight to Dallas, and it's a two-hour flight to LA for recruiting and. You know they don't. They have a hard time getting transfers in because of the way the school deals with the academic side of trans of transferring units and credits. I, I don't see it. Uh, I see it as a leverage play by Sanders and his uh, his agent. Uh, Colorado, to me, uh, I keep hearing that they may end up going with you know a Bronco Mendenhall or a Tom Herman or a Gary Patterson, a guy who's won at the high level. Uh, and is currently not a head coach somewhere else.
0: John Wilner, Bay Area News Group, Pac-12Hotline.com. It is, would be a lot
1: more fun if Deion Sanders were at a conference.
0: Yeah, I, I think it would be great for us, uh, and, it'd and they, I think it would be great, for, be the great for the
1: conference. It need, the conference needs some fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. And the conference needs personality, and he would be great. It for, does. for He'd be great for us. But how long would he stay? Because I keep thinking the minute uh, a big-time job opens up, Dion's out the door. Well, yeah, and that's the thing.
1: If you're in Colorado, you've had uh, Mike McIntyre, Mel Tucker, you've had – you're going on your fourth coach in basically five years, six years. You need stability. And – Dion is absolutely out. The first job that opens up in the southeastern quadrant of the country in the SEC or ACC, he's leaving. Um, so that's that's part got to be part of your calculation. If you're Colorado, is what are you going Are you going to be able to keep him? Are you going to be able to pay him what he wants now? And then are you going to be able to pay him what he's going to ask for when he's done another job offer? So to me, it doesn't make sense on a lot of fronts. But it's it's good fodder, and if it if it happens, it'd be great great for the conversation. Like, since Mike Leach left, there hasn't been quite as much personality at the head coaching level.
0: Yeah we we need uh, we need that as, we need some personality in the conference i don't care if if they hire somebody good they better hire somebody interesting uh (laughs) that's what i'm after um wilner let me ask you because there's some games coming up this weekend that you know i'm still a little bit on the fence with and uh when i'm talking about the point spread i want to believe ucla is going to show up at cal in the regular season finale it's a weird regular season finale but cal's coming off the big game which they won UCLA is coming off a big loss against USC in their rivalry game. Do you think that UCLA has something to play for in this game? No, I think their season's over. I mean, they're out of the Pac-12
1: hunt. They, you know, they've lost two in a row. Uh, they can't make the title game. I don't think they've got much to play for, right? Uh, I That's why I like Cal, plus all those points. I thought 10 points is the line. You know, it's Cal's home finale. They're usually pretty good as an underdog. And I just think UCLA is going to, you know, be, you know, a no-show practically. I wouldn't be surprised if Cal wins the game
0: outright. Washington at Washington State. I'm checking the weather. It's going to be below freezing. It's the Apple Freeze. Uh, I'm I'm picking Washington State in this game, 30 to 28. Uh, despite Kalen DeBoer being a fantastic coach and getting a raise, how are you seeing the Apple Cup? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, that was interesting you got that contract extension. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I think it's going to be close. I also uh, wonder about Washington's state of mind a little bit. I'm sure they're motivated after the Cougars planted their flag at Husky Stadium last year after that big win. But, you know, they're going to know. The Huskies are going to know that game's at 730, once the Oregon Oregon State game ends, Washington's going to know if they got a chance to make the Pac twelve championship. And if the Ducks win, and the, the Huskies can't make the championship, I, I wonder what kind of impact that's going to have on their their state of mind to a certain extent. But I think it'll be real close. I think if if Washington's playing for the title, I, I like the Huskies to win that game. But otherwise, the last possession wins. I should it should be fun, especially if there's snow.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be wild. That one's going to be wild. The uh, the game that we've been talking about, Civil War game with Oregon and Oregon State at Reeser Stadium. Um, the biggest factor in that game is it. Bo Nix can he suddenly, you know, can can they do a Karate Kid healing move and get him ready to ready to go again? Or how do you see the Oregon Oregon State game? Well, I see. This being a matchup
1: issue for Oregon State, Uh, to me, the way to beat Oregon, we saw it. Washington did it. You've got to take advantage of Oregon's secondary and and throw the ball all over the field. I think the Ducks are pretty good against the run, and Oregon State's offense is based on the run. So to me, this game gets down to whether Ben GoBranson is going to be able to make a ton of plays from the pocket, uh, against Oregon secondary, and whether he's going to be able to avoid mistakes. Right? We saw last week the two biggest games of the week, right? Oregon-Utah, USC-UCLA, one team's quarterback threw, what, three interceptions. UCLA, Dorian Townsend-Robinson, three picks. Cam Rising, three picks. Those teams lost. In these big games, your quarterback can't make the mistakes. So I I look at it like, which of those two quarterbacks, assuming next plays, who's more likely to to make a, a bunch of mistakes, and to me, it's Go Branson.
0: Wilner, well, I want to ask you kind of about the bowl picture uh, with Washington at thirteen and Oregon at nine. Uh, is there a path here for the Pac-12 to get a playoff team and two other New Year's Six participants with you know nine and thirteen? The quick twenty thousand foot view of this: How are you seeing the Pac-12's positioning? For those big time bowl games?
1: I do not think that they can get three. Uh, to me, that's, if, if SC gets in the playoff, then somebody's going to go to the Rose Bowl. Uh, if SC, you know, it could end up in the Cotton Bowl. The Part of the problem is there's only one at large spot. It's in the Cotton Bowl to play the group of five champs. So let's say it's Cincinnati. That's it. Uh, just because of the way the semifinals broke when they're when they're in the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl like this year, there's there's only one at large spot available for for a Power Five team, and I just can't see. And I, I haven't looked hard uh, closely at the standings. You know, Alabama's sitting there, yep. with two losses, and that if they if they beat Oregon, Alabama, uh, Auburn, Alabama's going to be ten and two and sitting there, and I don't think that. Another Pac-12 team, a third team is going to be able to get above Alabama to claim that spot in the Cotton Bowl.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah, I think you're right. I think it'll be a, that'll be a fun matchup too to see Alabama against a group of five champ in a game like that. Uh, all right, I want to tell you I'm thankful for you, Wilner. Uh, the Konzano and Wilner podcast. If people aren't already listening to it or subscribed to it, grab that podcast. Wilner and I have been posting uh, generally two episodes a week. We've been interviewing some big guests. We've got some big guests coming down the pipeline, but we've been all over the Pac-12 media rights and all that stuff. Uh, make sure you subscribe to it. Wilner, before I let you go, uh, UCLA, this, this Regents decision coming up on the 14th, have you heard anything new, any new whispers, any new murmurs? What are you, what are you looking at right now?
1: I think the most likely outcome at this point is that UCLA gets hit with some kind of tax, called the UCLA tax or a Cal subsidy. Uh, I would be pretty surprised if it gets blocked, but I, I think the Regents are going to have UCLA pay Cal a certain amount of money uh, every year to compensate Cal for, for lost revenue. Now, whether that's 3000000 million, $5 million, I'm not quite sure, But to me, that outcome is much more likely than the regents blocking it uh, altogether. So we'll see. December 14th, we'll know. I would imagine sometime soon after that, the Pac-12 will try to finish up their media rights deal. So maybe before Christmas, this whole thing is is finalized.
0: John Wilner, have a great Thanksgiving. I will catch you later in the week. Thanks for everything. There it is, John Wilner, Bay Area News Group find them at the pack12hotline.com. Uh some parting thoughts coming up. Uh Peter Sampson and the Pulse. Is that coming up next after in Portland? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you got Peter? What's on the show?
1: Uh, We're going to talk this Ben Simmons revenge game. I've been waiting for, for, I can't even tell you how long, what, a year and a half now for him to get back to Philly. We're going to break that down. And there's a uh, certain book publisher in trouble with some uh, shady dealings they're doing. I want to talk about that as well.
0: All right. I'm interested in that. Leave it here. You got the BFT. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Baltimore. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but...